everyone, and welcome back to the MTG Goldfish Podcast, episode 149, your weekly podcast covering everything Magic the Gathering related. You can find us on Google Play, iTunes, mtggoldfish.com, and now on YouTube. As always, the crew is here. I am back. Chaz, your host, or one of the hosts, uh, focusing on the financial aspect of the game and all-around content creator, joined by Richard, the owner of MTG Goldfish. What is up, Richard? Hey, guys. What's going on? What is up? Seth, probably better known as Saffron Olive, our resident jank brewer and all-around content creator. Seth, how's it going? Uh, doing good, guys. How are you? I'm doing okay. Feeling better, although who knows? Uh, we could obviously just go right to a relapse depending on <laughs> some of the cards we talk about, but that's I'll be okay. Um, on the docket, really fun cast. We're going to jump into some Rivals of Ixalan uh, cards that you know, kind of escaped into the wild, so we're going to touch on them. Uh, there's a few, I think there's three cards that we wanted to talk about. The I think they were the only ones out there. Uh, that will lead us into Unstable. Uh, we are in the midst of, you know, all these Unstable previews. We're about 93 cards in uh, as of this podcast uh, we were, were recording. Uh, so we're going to, you know, have our thoughts on Unstable and a few cards that we wanted to touch on, and we'll wrap it up with a, a ton of fish mail. We have a... Uh, a, a large haul of, of fish mail to address, so uh, we're going to try to leave as much time as we can for those. So let's jump right in. Uh, Rivals of Ixalan. We got to see a few cards, uh, two of which uh, were revealed today, and one uh, via PAX. So, uh, Richard, take it away. All right, so you wouldn't know we're in the middle of unstable spoilers <laughs> or the Iconic Masters was released because for some reason we have Rivals of Ixalan, which is releasing next year. But <laughs> Storm the Vault, it's a flip, it's a flip card. Uh, so two blue and a red legendary enchantment. It's a rare. Whenever one or more creatures you control deals combat damage to a player, create a treasure token. At the beginning of your end step, if you control five or more artifacts, transform Storm the Vault. Flip side is tap add one mana of any color to your mana pool. And also tap add blue your mana pool for each artifact you control. Alright, so Richard, what do you think? Telerian Academy's back, yay. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to make of this card. It, if you flip it, it's very powerful, obviously. But, what do you do with this? Because you need five artifacts to flip it, and today the only decks that would play such a card would be maybe Lantern Control? And what would they do with this land? I have no idea. Uh, what new archetypes can it spawn? I, I don't know, but I don't think it's as broken as a lot of people are claiming it is. Uh, we have similar cards. We have the Gaia's Cradle that flips. Hasn't really done anything in Modern. So I'm, I'm going to guess this is pretty balanced. I don't think going to kill Modern or anything like that. Uh, probably we'll have some weird janky standard deck to support it. Depends on if you can make a pure artifact deck or not. Yeah, my initial impression when I saw this card was like, oh my god, that's so busted. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's it's literally Telerian Academy, and just for fun, you also get a free City of Brass, which just sounds absurd. But then I thought for a minute about how Growing Rights of Itlamak was so hyped and so far has just done essentially literally nothing in Standard or Modern. I was like, uh, maybe this will be the same way. I think the upside is... This does support itself to some extent. You do need a lot of creatures to attack with it, but it can like generate the its own treasures, which isn't bad anyway. It reminds me of like coastal piracy or something, but instead of drawing a card, you just draw a lotus petal every time you hit <laughs> with a creature, and then you get a payoff of having a super sweet land. I think. What I'm most excited for is Paradoxical Outcome has been close and standard. With Aetherflux Reservoir, you just play all the artifacts, bounce them back to your hand, combo off like Storm, and this feels like the perfect card for that deck. Whether that means it's a real deck or just a really fun deck that's competitive competitive enough for an FNM, I'm not sure, but it does make me excited to brew around Aetherflux Reservoir and Paradoxical Outcome before they rotate. I love how we uh, cover <laughs> preview cards so much. Like, just see, and I, I was sitting back and watching uh, your reaction to this set. It was just so funny because I, I kind of, I kind of have had a similar reaction too. It was like, wow, that's really strong. And then five minutes later, it's like, yeah, it's a, it's, it's still pretty <laughs> strong, but it's like 
growing rights, like that was hyped, and then like ten minutes later, it's like, yeah, I don't know if this is gonna do anything. <laughs> so you just see the spectrum of how we evaluate cards in the span of mere like ten minutes. It's so funny, uh, but I kind of landed the sim in a similar spot. You and uh, you know, you and Richard had of um, it's it's a strong card. It definitely, <clears throat> I like the point that you made that it it kind of. It's like a self-contained card. It, it kind of um, it, it supports itself, right? So it's making artifacts, and then it can it flip on its own. It kind of almost replaces itself. But I just I don't know how powerful it is. Of you're not drawing cards, you're just making treasure tokens, and then what's your payoff with the vault? So yeah, maybe something like paradoxical outcome can utilize this to some extent. Does that propel it into a tier one deck? I don't know, uh, but at least for me, uh, the flip enchantments have all been, you know, they've been all been strong, but fair. So uh, to me, this just seems like another fair card that obviously has more upside in Commander, but still remains to be seen what it can do in, in a constructed format. What about Vintage? Ooh. What about Vintage? Uh, I, you have lots of artifacts. Uh, it pitches the force of will. Uh, you know, it's pretty good. Right? You can brainstorm it away if it's garbage. Uh, I don't know. You can tap for lots of mana. Uh, I have no idea. But it's one of these things that because it has the word artifact in it and it seems insanely powerful, it can fit in vintage. Strangely enough, I actually think one of our other rival spoilers is a card that might be getting a little bit of hype for Vintage, which is kind of funny. But, that, I mean, you never know. It could work. I think the problem is it's not an artifact, so you can't use your uh, your artifact mana to cast it, your Mishra's Workshop mana. So I think that's the downside. But still, I mean, play a Mox, play a Black Lotus, cast this, flip it around, and you have a pretty powerful land. Maybe. That gets strip mined immediately, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> I do like the idea of Lantern Control playing this and then just like emercoling people, not because they really need to, but because it'll make your rounds a lot shorter and probably make it much easier to actually play Lantern at a tournament because you don't have to grind through your opponent's <laughs> deck for 50 minutes every round. It speeds it up a bit. What I really want to see is Affinity sideboard this and then just Mindslaver someone out of blue. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I, I, I did think about that because uh, it, it was kind of a thing back in the Affinity days to, uh, when it was in Standard 2, kind of bring in, uh, what was it, the the dragon. Oh my god, I can't remember this. Uh, the Affinity Dragon. Furnace Dragon? Furnace Dragon, yeah. So I would just be, it would be so funny if you just like bring in a sideboard plan of... <laughs> Storm the vault, and then you just you know add a ton of mana and play something like high end. Yeah, Emrakul works, but uh, they did use it back then to like power out furnace dragons and stuff. So that would be pretty sweet. All right, moving on. The Brazilian Magic Twitter tweeted these this morning and promptly deleted them. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> once it's on the internet, it's on the internet. So here we go. Unofficial translations. We have Immortal Sun. Six, uh, six generic mana, legendary artifact, mythic rare. Players can't activate loyalty abilities of planeswalkers. At the beginning of your draw step, draw an additional card. Spells you cast cost one less. Creatures you control get plus one, plus one. So before we actually talk about this card, I gotta ask you guys. This happens every single set that some foreign language, uh, non-English <laughs> wizard site accidentally spoils some cards... Is it really possible that they just mess this up every set? Or is this, like, their marketing campaign and they're doing <laughs> this on purpose? Like, I don't know what to think anymore. I, I I would genuinely like to think that... I mean, there's... Listen, there's a lot of different, you know, offices and, and people involved in this that someone is bound to mess up at some point. Now, you bring up every single set. I... I it, it is true that most sets something does like something like this does happen. Although Iconic Masters was pretty, you know, held under wraps, so uh, whatever they did for that seemed to work. I just think a lot like there's a lot of different, you know, languages and 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 regions that are in on this, and you know, something like this is bound to happen. I I don't know if we're going full tinfoil hat mode that you you know you tweeted out earlier. I just 
it, it could happen. I, I could see that happening too, but I'm just chalking it up to user yeah, error. This is like the worst marketing plan ever if it was intentional <laughs> because yeah. it's just confusing everyone. I can't even tell what's a black-bordered card or a silver-bordered card or what set this is from anymore. So my guess is the people responsible for publishing this, you know, it isn't Watsy themselves. It's probably some contractors or something. They don't know the difference between cards. So they're like, yeah, release the new unstable spoilers. They're like, okay, press the button. It was the wrong set. And they don't know better until someone tells them. My guess is something like that happened. I, I certainly hope they didn't plan on just randomly dropping mythic rares from next year's <laughs> set in the middle of unstable spoilers. Although, uh, flying in the face of that argument was Wizards actually po- spoiling cards on the pack stream and talking about Dominaria, <laughs> spoiling Dominaria on Iconic Masters release day in the middle of Unstable Spoilers. That is true. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> uh. I, have, I mean, I have something to that. And, I, and we talked very briefly. I don't know if you, you know, we kind of had a couple back and forth on this, though, Seth, that it, it is kind of like odd that they are talking about that stuff when Iconic Masters is, re- is releasing and all that, and the, the hype is supposed to be on Iconic Masters, but I guess to them, that they, they kind of cashed in on that already. Iconic Masters was the lure of Hascon, and that's kind of where it was hyped up, and people you know had their social media events tweeting out cards, and that's exactly what they wanted to happen, so maybe to them that's in the rearview mirror, and you know to, to some extent that's kind of how card games have to survive in this day and age is that there's always has to be something to talk about even if it's like six months from now um and and we don't know anything about the set other than a a few pictures that they want to keep all you know dropping these little tidbits of information to to stay relevant and just keep people invested and hyped into the game yeah i mean i understand i understand pax because it's the audience is a bunch of people that not may not necessarily play magic so you don't want to show them adorable kitten or you know whatever zany cards you have from unstable you want to show them what your product represents and on top of that if these people casually know magic they probably know it from magic's heyday so emphasizing dominaria would be cards they would you know actually see and recognize and stuff like that so that's more forgivable because it's just random people walking by at pax it's not necessarily you know, a full-blown magic crowd. So I can see why they don't want to show unstable, which is just too out there for the normal person. Yeah, I I mean, that does make sense. And I guess, in all fairness, they can't really control when big conventions like PAX happen. So either they they just, like, kind of skip promoting their product or they have to deal with, you know, the schedule of it. So uh, it's still... I just wish they'd spread it out a little more. I definitely agree with what Chaz is saying with keeping the game and the brand in the news all the time but from the perspective of someone that like does spoiler videos and makes content (laughs) i actually can overload yeah i actually feel like i can't give all of these products their full due because they're all happening at once like i'd love to make a oh these are the cool new cards from rivals video and make a oh here's the unstable spoilers video but since it's all happening in the same like day there's just not enough hours in the day or enough videos I can put on YouTube at the same time. So I wish it was spread out even by just like a week or something would make it easier, I think, and better. Yeah, it, it definitely is overloaded at times. Um, and maybe that's, I mean, that's just kind of by their design that they want so much to talk about that you get the initial takes and then people kind of go back and there's more, there, there's kind of deeper, you know, more rich conversations to be had other than like oh here's this card here's my like two minute thought right so then they go back and like oh well let's elaborate on that so i guess they're kind of thinking like there's just a lot to draw from right especially for content producers i know like you just said there's that duality where there's too much and then you know you're kind of you're relieved at times because there is stuff to still talk about yeah just because i know like a month from now we're going to have a podcast where we're just going to do all fish mail and complain about standard because there's nothing else going on. So why not give us something during that week? <laughs> well, timing aside, what do you think about Immortal Sun? Uh, I think they looked at what everyone wants on one singular commander card and they put everything on there. <laughs> yeah, that- 
<laughs> it is like the ultimate commander card. It is. It's to me, not, I was like, it does nothing for six mana. <laughs> it's it a do a nothing card, six Richard. mana card? It, it draws, draws card. you one card for... It draws a card every turn. And, like, reduces the card's cost. And your creatures get puzzled. Like, it does a lot of different things. It does things that are not related. Like, if you're pumping creatures, do you care that your spells cost one less? You're yes. just drawing one card every turn. I want all the value confined to it's one really card. expensive so I, I mean if you gave this to me for three mana yeah it's awesome but for six mana ask tober how, how long you this? survived no <laughs> six, way. six drop tribal three for that no no that'd be too no good right but fought at six that's way it's, too good it's like not i don't want to put this in my commander well, deck you guys play commander a lot like how many people use cage sun like that's that's that, a pretty that good does card. a lot though that doubles your I, mana I, right like that yeah i, I mean yeah I will but literally that's just like put the, this in every commander deck the, I make. Wait, you will right, or will the, not? The, the, I will. Yeah. Really? I, I would not include this in any commander deck I make unless really? there's some specific reason to do this. I mean, the only comparison I was making is that this is those type of effects. Like, six kind of seems like the baseline. Like, if I wanted to draw it's an additional card, I could play Mind's Eye for five mana, you know, if I'm really strapped. Or I would actually but play legitimate card draw. It. Yeah, but if I wanted to reduce my spells by one, I'd play random medallion, right? And if I wanted to pop my creatures by plus one, plus one, I could play Honor of the Pure or whatever, right? Like, <laughs> like if we're playing Super Friends Week, and I'm like, okay, we'll play Immortal Sun, right? But other than that, it, it's a whole lot of d- nothing, depending on Depending on the, the translation, it also hits your Planeswalkers, so that's kind of... So- I think where I see this card is it's it's like a casual commander player card. This is one card that a new commander player can buy, and they can play it if they want to play a Spellslinger deck. They can play it if they're playing a Creature Beatdown deck. Sure, maybe it's not like the most efficient option for any of those things, but I feel like it's a card that those like really casual commander players will just get a ton of value out of because... It it does something yeah. no matter what deck you're playing. Like drawing a card's never bad. If you're spell slinger, you get a discount. If you're creature heavy, you get a uh, plus on your creatures. So I feel like that's where it fits. It's probably not like a competitive commander card, but it feels like a card a new commander player can spend five dollars on and just play no matter what deck they're playing. Yeah, I mean, in the sake of there's Thanksgiving coming up, it's like you have you want one piece of turkey and then you just put a ton of gravy on it. <laughs> so if what? you want any one singular thing in a card, you pick this and then you get like five other things with it. I don't know. This is like going to KFC for Thanksgiving dinner, man. <laughs> this- oh my! No. No. <laughs> I'm like, hey, I hey, guess we'll take it if you have nothing better. But I gotta, I gotta say, man, KFC has not been as good as it. I remember. I, I, that's just a random thought, but I've, I, I so had KFC. Better. I always, I always run into the problem of thinking I'm gonna eat way more than I can, <laughs> but like the grease just like hits you, and you just, you. you can't keep going. It gets you. No, you can't. All right, all right, all right. So we're mixed on Immortal Sun. You guys think it's pretty good. I think it's complete trash. Uh, okay, I think we'll, it's, we'll I think it's it fine. Like, it's b- fine. Like, it's not crazy, not terrible. What about standard? Any chance no, you see this in Constructed? No, 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 no way. No. I, I heard yeah, people talking bit. Tron, modern sideboard. Any reason to what? ever play this? For what? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. This is a card I heard people saying maybe try in Vintage as well, because you can cast it with your... Uh, your Mishra's Workshop mana really quickly. So, like, yeah, they play almost weird every artifact like ever. Like, yeah, the, well, I think yeah. any artifact could find some <laughs> use in Workshop. Uh, I don't. I don't really see it for standard. No, nah, I, I. This is where I will agree with Richard. It's a do nothing six mana card, especially in a format where a braid is like very heavily played. What, yeah. But what if you uh, reanimated and cheated out early? <laughs> Instead of God Pharaoh's yeah. gift, you yeah, just yeah. I was gonna say this. like God Pharaoh's <laughs> gift actually does things, and still it struggles. All right, moving on. We have a, another Elder Dinosaur, Tetsumok, hey. Primal Death, four black black six six legendary creature, Elder Dinosaur, Death Touch, uh, one black or just pay a black mana reveal, Tetsumok. Uh, put a prey counter on target creature. Only activate this ability during your turn. When Tetsumok enters a battlefield, destroy all creatures with the prey counter 
that your opponents control. How did we go from the green elder dragon or elder dinosaur to this? Like, where where's the disparity there? This is like insane. Yeah, I can't tell which, yeah. which one was good, which one's bad. This one's pretty <laughs> no, good. No, this is really yeah. good. The green one was a, a letdown. Like, I tried to find some some goodness, you know, as I always try to do, but this is like this laughs in the face of the green one. I'm sorry. Yeah, this card seems pretty absurd to me. It's really good. I really like it. And I love the uh, flavor. I, I love the putting prey counters yes. on random stuff and then boom, you <laughs> slam this down. Yeah, wait, this this is what I would like Waking Sun's Avatar wait, this is what th- like prey counters, it's a dinosaur, it's massive, it's like stalking its prey. I love the design, and it's like a mini plague wind on a a, a grave titan. Yeah. I'm surprised this is a rare, <laughs> honestly. But yeah, me too. I, I wow. Yeah, it seems. I guess so they all strong. have to be rare then. It's like a reverse grave titan, is how I see it. Like instead of getting extra bodies, you're getting rid of your opponent's extra bodies, and you right. still get the six six death touch body. But I think it's gonna. I think it has potential to be very strong and standard. Although it's a little awkward that black isn't a dinosaur color, so it's probably more like mono black control or jund mid range or like something along those line uh, lines than a dinosaur tribal card. Can't get harder, Kieran, but you know, yeah, I don't think that's a problem anymore. Yeah, it's it's interesting. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's gonna depend on what other six drops we have to to finish the game, but it's really strong. And yeah, I just I just want to see people getting stalked, <laughs> prey counters dropping <laughs> left and right, and then they know it's coming. They can't do anything. They can't commit more to the board, and then they just sit there. You put up one blocker, and then they're, they're yeah, kind of like, screwed. I- <laughs> That's a. I mean, how how does this like this changes the entire dynamic of the game almost? Like, how do you want to commit when you're on their first turn? They can reveal this and pray counter something. Like, yeah. now you know that they have that. Like this this really changes the dynamic of a game in and of itself. Well, you just play Hazaret and you're like, haha, and then you just yeah, go in anyway. <laughs> I mean, we do have indestructible six, creatures. My six six can still block it. Yeah, but you got you have to pay six mana. Hazaret's yeah. 3. <laughs> it also doesn't have the anti-reanimation clause that a lot of these type of cards have. Like, if you cast it from hand. So, in theory, you can... Like, you have to have it in hand at some point to put counters on things, but after you get counters on things, you can God Pharaoh's Gift back a copy, Liliana yeah. reanimate a copy, and still get that effect, which is... I found that surprising, just because almost all these cards recently are worded only if you cast it from hand. Yeah, it was actually pointed out to me, because I was like, oh, this could be like a border, like, this could be a solid one-of in, in, a, in a mid-range list, and then I read it again, and it was pointed out to me on Twitter that of the, the prey counters and entering the battlefield, and I'm like, uh, yeah, actually, I guess it's probably better than a one-of. It's still legendary, but, it like, multiple copies... It's weird because it's not terrible but not great, and then you can obviously pitch it and then do what you said, uh, Seth, of like reanimating one of them. So, I yeah, I think it's probably better than a one of two. Yeah, I just want one in hand and then one on the battlefield and then just like a Venser or an Eldrazi <laughs> Displacer or something and just <laughs> yeah. lock someone out of the game. Yeah. All right, Unstable. So last we talked about Unstable, we only had Contraptions. And since then, we've had a ton, a ton of new spoilers. So we we chose some cards we think are pretty fun, and we chose some cards we think should be black-bordered uh, to discuss today. Uh, but first off, let's talk about one of the new mechanics. Uh, we have Augments and Hosts. Let me pull up, uh, I chose the Augment Ninja. And if you look at the card, it's like, it's like half of a card. Uh, Creature Ninja... You may activate Ninja's Augment ability anytime you can cast an instant. When this creature deals combat damage to a player, comma, and that's it. And then it has an Augment of 2 and a black and plus 1 plus 0. So the idea is it's kind of like an aura. You can Augment a host and then you put the two cards on top of each other and then they do something together. So a host would be adorable kitten. One white, one one, host creature cat. And then there's like a sticky note of when this creature enters the battlefield that gets replaced by whatever you're augmenting. Uh, the ability is roll a six-sided die. You gain life equal to the result. 1-1. One, one. So if you have a ninja kitten, 
Uh, it would be whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, roll a six-sided die, you gain life equal to the result, and it'd be a 2-1. So what do you guys think of this new staple two cards together mechanic? Kind of like a meld, kind of like, I don't know, Yeah, Brizella. it's definitely fun. You can make some really messed up <laughs> looking uh, augmented creatures. Um, I was thinking back, is this like a attack on, like, what was the attack on Mars from Mars? What was that? Attack on Mars? You mean like the old TV show? No, no the movie where the Mars Attacks, there we go. Uh, where they had like the little experiments. Ah, it's probably like any movie at this point, but uh, <laughs> is, the, is the reference is what I was trying to get. But um, yeah, I guess it's fun. I mean, I had to reread like what augmenting and what the host was doing, but then it, it became pretty clear. You could do some pretty funny stuff with this. Pretty powerful yeah. stuff, too. Yeah, I think it's a fun mechanic. It's really hard to get a feel for the power level because you're combining the two cards. So I'm. Sh- it seems like it's probably pretty good, but it at least is really fun. And I think it's on point flavor-wise. Wait, can you double augment a host? I don't believe so, but uh, I don't, don't, I don't quote me it. on that. Can I make like a monkey ninja kitten? No, it's not. I don't. I, I, think, I don't think so. I think there's only, there can only be one augment and one host. Aww. So if you wanted to use the monkey, I think it replaces the ninja. All right. So so that's some weird zany new mechanic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> here's here's my one of my favorite cards. Better than one green and a white sorcery. It's a rare. A person outside the game becomes your teammate. Choose any number of cards in your hand. On top of your library or on the battlefield under your control, those cards become your teammates' hand, library, and permanence, respectively. It's such a fun card, and it's such a fun-looking card. You have, like, this like weird turtle thing, and it's like the two dodo <laughs> heads are looking in two opposite directions. I thought it was so funny-looking. Yeah, it just seems like something, like, your friend shows up, it's like, I don't have a deck, like, don't worry, just take half my stuff, <laughs> go, right? <laughs> It just seems like the way Magic should be played, so I, I really like this card. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, it would be interesting to see how some of these cards actually play at, like, a pre-release. Like, who who do you grab if you're at a pre-release, everyone's playing Magic? Like, I'm really curious how some of these grab someone from outside the game work in practice. I only, I only remember ass-whooping, so it was a <laughs> long time ago, apparently, from my, my recollection failing me, and it was more like ten years ago rather than... Just the other day, uh, thank you, uh, commenters. Uh, but uh, I've I ass whooping someone, and someone ass whooping my opponent. So actually, that was really sweet. It is fun. I, I don't know, like, does it just become like a two versus one scenario? Yeah, don't you just automatically win when this happens? Yeah, don't you win? You get like, like two combat just, steps and stuff because it's a teammate. I well, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't have to be anyone that's playing too. Like, it just be your friend that's just standing yeah. there, and you're like, all right, you're my teammate. As a like but 2v1. it's a it's a dead card if there's no one outside the game in the room though. <laughs> yeah. So you got there's some risk. It's like how thought sees is bad when your <laughs> opponent's hand is empty. <laughs> or if no one decides. Wait, do they decide if they want? Yeah. What to be if you, your what teammate? if you choose someone? They, they say no. Is it fizzle? What happens? Do you get yeah, to choose yeah, another? What person? happens? Do you get to choose someone else. <laughs> They have to. You got to play the card as written. They have to. There's no. Yeah, it's like this magic. Is, they become your teammate. If, so they, if like, they refuse, they get a game loss. They, they get a DQ yeah. from the tournament. Yeah, they get the game loss. <laughs> they get their DCI suspended because yeah. they did not perform as a teammate. Yeah. All right, rules lawyer. Three white oh white God. artifact creature cyborg advisor one one state based <laughs> actions don't apply to you or other permanents you control. <laughs> now, in parentheses, <laughs> you don't lose the game for having zero or less life uh, or drawing from an empty library. Your creatures aren't destroyed due to damage or death touch and aren't put in the graveyard uh, for having zero or less toughness. Your planeswalkers aren't put into graveyard if they have zero loyalty. You don't put a legendary permanent into the graveyard if you don't control two with the same name. Counters aren't removed from your permanents due to game rules. Permanents you control, attacked, or combined illegally remain on the battlefield. For complete rules and regulations, see Rule 704. Doesn't this just break the game? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, basically. Like, your creatures don't die anymore, right? Like, ever. No. Well, 
I think they died of Doomblade still. Yeah, yeah, but not from combat damage. That's true. And they they get removed from the game. They can, they can still get Oblivion. Yeah, yeah you, right? can, you can exile them. But basically, yeah. and your Planeswalkers don't die, you can just minus them and then plus them back after they're at zero. <laughs> I yeah I don't I think if I ever see anyone play this my goal is just to kill it so I don't have to deal with <laughs> understanding how it actually works. They they need the there complimentary card that say uh, layers no longer apply or something like that and then you put that with this and then see what happens. <laughs> I love yeah. I, I love the fact like we we don't want this gone because it's actually amazing we want it gone because it's just like a nuisance it's just like. <laughs> My my goal is to play one of these and call a judge every single play. <laughs> judge, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> judge, I don't know what's going on. Oh, the, these are the cards I think that make the set. The cards. Yeah, definitely. I have to say, I was a little down on the set last week when we had one day of spoilers, but <laughs> overall, I really love this set now. I think the rest of the spoilers have just been awesome. I agree. Uh, Spike Tournament Grinder 2... Phyrexian Black, Phyrexian Black. Legendary Creature, Human Gamer, 1-1. Four Phyrexian Black mana. Choose a card you own from outside the game that has been banned or restricted in a constructed format. Reveal that card and put it in your hand. It's such a perfect representation of a spike. <laughs> <laughs> this is the greatest card yeah. of all time, right? This, this, this is pretty good. I mean, this is not only the the completion of the cycle well there's like one more but i i don't think you could have designed spike better than this the, the phyrexian mana part just kills me like that's yeah. it's such a perfect use of that mechanic it, it needs storm so or something <laughs> <laughs> but here's what you do you you sit down you bust out your vintage deck with your friends they play a black lotus you play spike <laughs> tournament grinder and pick an anti card <laughs> or something and then steal their deck <laughs> <laughs> Anti cards can now be played, right? Yeah. Oh man, and and uh, you got to play the card as written. So yep. if yep. you win your opponent's black lotus, it's yours now. That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, you, what you first do is uh, say winner of this game, uh, or the loser of this game treats for dinner, right? You, you, you make it so that <laughs> there's a downside to losing. Then you bust out spike tournament grinder, take an anti card, <laughs> and try to steal all their cards. <laughs> <laughs> I love everything about this card. It's I think it's it's great. I like it. It was, yeah. We we waited a while for the kind of the last part of the cycle, and I think this like really was a perfect representation. Wait, which which cards do we have? We have we have Johnny, Timmy, Johnny, and now Spike. All right. So we need like we need more, filthy casuals. Yes. I'm sure Watsy will make a card called Filthy Casual. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta wait another 13 years. Uh, okay, Baron Von Count. One black, red, legendary creature, human villain. 3-3. Three, three, uh, enters the battlefield with a doom counter on 5. When you cast a spell with the indicated numeral in its mana cost, text box, power or toughness, move the doom counter uh, one numeral to the left. When the Doom Counter moves from 1, destroy target player and put the Doom Counter on 5. You just pretty much untab and win with this, right? Like, in an actual setting. Well, well, you need to have a... You need to be able to cast, to cascade it down to 1 and kill someone. <laughs> yeah. To me, like, the, I was looking at Unstable, and, and a lot of these are really fun. And a lot of these... Some of these legendary creatures were pretty borderline, like, actually cards and this was starting to get there i mean this is still a little wacky but this seemed the more like like a more realistic legendary creature that could be accepted or even in just in black border i think we could see something like this i don't think i think the mechanic of whenever a number is the same as the doom counter is a little weird for black border but i think we could definitely see another like target player loses the game commander i think it would be fun i think people like it just in an hour. Yeah, but that was just converted mana cost. If this just said whenever you cast something with the converted mana cost, it's a little weird that it's like toughness and text box yeah. and a I little I really want to see a card far. that says regenerate target player. <laughs> 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 uh, 
That's what they should have done to counter this. All right, we have Gusilda, Monster Masher, three black red, legendary creature, zombie villain, four four. Combined, enchanted, and equipped creatures you control have menace. Three black and a red, tap it. Put two target creatures from your graveyard onto the battlefield, combined into one creature under your control. Its power is equal to their total power, toughness equal to total toughness, and it has their names, mana costs, types, text boxes, etc. So that was the joke of the card, right? Is they have menace. <laughs> Wait, that was, that's the ongoing joke, is that they have menace, right? No. Um, again, this is, this is one that probably, like, as written, could be a black border card. It reminds me of the Saltai Commander uh, right. Mimeoplasm, Mimeo something yeah, like that. Mimeo, yeah, I think you're right. But yeah, it reminds me of that. Like, I could definitely see this just being a Commander deck legend. Mimeoplasm, that was it. Mimeoplasm, right? yeah. yeah. That was a, it was a Commander, the, yeah, like, like, one of the first exile, Commander. Exile two yeah. cards from exile the graveyard. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think this card's super sweet. I would love it's to build really a Commander awesome. deck around this. I, like... I almost thought this was black bordered. Like this could be a black bordered card. It should be. It's like the greatest zombie commander ever. <laughs> this is what like guess and Giralf should have. This could have been Giralf, uh like cuz he's stitching together yeah. zombies and stuff. Yeah. We need to we need to uh we need to uh combine both Emrakuls. <laughs> <laughs> that seems Somehow. pretty good. Somehow. All right, next card. Mary O'Kill, 5, and then Hybrid Black Red, Human Villain, 5-5, five, five, Legendary Creature, 1 Hybrid Black Red, Switch, Killbot, or Mary O'Kill in your hand with 1 on the battlefield, and uh, Killbot is just a 2-mana, two 2-1. Two well, it could be, it's, like, well, yeah, we just have a curious Killbot, but it's just an archetype, or it's just a creature type, Oh, right? there's, so far we only had 1 Killbot, but there could be multiple Killbots. Yeah, I see. There, it could be, it's just a creature type. See, again, yeah, this is, I mean, it's like ninjutsu, but, like, better. <laughs> I don't, like, because you could save Mario Kill, or, I don't know what other kill bots there are, I mean, I guess it could be any creature if you wanted, if they're every creature type, if it was a real creature type. Um, and you could just cheat out, like, a giant kill bot. Oh, yeah, like shapeshifters. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, see? This this could probably just be like in another set. Like just reprint I'd, this in a it's ninjutsu set or something. <laughs> yeah, it is I just don't understand exactly how this is powerful, but it doesn't seem broken to me. What if there's a thirty thirty yeah. killbot? Yeah. Well in yeah. Fact. I guess if there's some insert Yeah. Right. And you if you <laughs> try to kill Mario Kill, you just replace it with some Dinky killbot like the two one, yeah. And then you can play your five five again. Oh, what if there's a kill boss <laughs> yeah, like when it becomes a target of a spell, destroy target player. Yeah, someone tries Ooh. a doomblade Mary, like, you swap her out. Boom. <laughs> just Emrakul killbot. That would do it. <laughs> then you'd then you'd play this. Right. All right. We have summon the pack seven black sorcery. Open a sealed magic booster pack. Reveal the cards. Put all creature cards revealed this way onto the battlefield under your control. They're zombies in addition to their other types. I just love cracking packs, so any <laughs> any excuse to crack a pack is good with me. <laughs> Fair enough. It seems powerful, though. I mean, what pack would you pick? That's my question for both Ooh. of you. Judgment, uh, Legions, since it would be 15 creatures. Yeah, that's, that's, that makes sense. That's no fun. I would open Fallen Empires. Oh, <laughs> you're like ballad throw. Uh, <laughs> this was this worth eight mana? I don't know. <laughs> All right, you could you could keep your thalads and thralls, and I'll get like crow sand cloud scraper, and we'll, uh, we'll see. Uh, and then not be able to pay the upkeep and it dies. What, what, what's yeah. the actual like cheapest <laughs> booster pack that you can yeah. procure easily nowadays? I think it's Homelands. No, that's hard to get. Uh, I mean, if you just walk into your Dragons. LGS or Walmart or something like. Oh. Maybe Dragon's Maze, if you, they're still around. I know that's super cheap. Mm. Conspiracy? Wow. Original like a Conspiracy. Homeland's box, like, 30 bucks? Oh, they're actually really expensive yeah. for no good which reason. One was, which one was really cheap? Uh, None of those old ones. I wanted to buy a box of Fallen Empires, and that's, like, way more expensive than One of the them's, EV. like, 30 bucks, and, it was, and it's old. It, I think it is Homeland's. No, is it expensive? 
That's that's unfortunate. All right, last card we want to talk about our official spoiler card: Crowstorm, two and a blue sorcery. Create a one-two blue bird creature token with flying named Stormcrow. Storm. The ultimate storm card. Apart from apart from uh, the white two-drop that is literally a black border card, this is the card in the set I think is most black border-ish. Yeah. Like, couldn't you picture this being a real card in modern? This 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 is literally nothing like different than Empty the Warrants, right? Like, th- this is just a blue version of Empty the Warrant. Yeah, you like get less get less Stormcrows, but they have flying, so it's very yeah. similar to Empty the Warrants. Yeah. This is a real card. Would it see play? If they printed this, would it see play in Legacy, do you think, Richard? I don't think so. No. no. I, I think because you need double the storm count. I mean, I guess it blocks, like, it blocks Delvers and stuff, right? Like, it it pitches the force of will. It, it does some stuff, but it's not the same two-turn clock. But maybe you don't need a two-turn clock when you have one-two flying blockers that you could just block <laughs> with a couple and, and chip away at them. It is one less yeah. mana. <sighs> So, I don't know. I've seen enough videos of people that have whole binders full of Stormcrows on YouTube <laughs> and stuff that there's got to be someone who would play it just so they could put, plop like 10 the, oh, people Stormcrows on the battlefield. <laughs> people yeah. definitely play it. The style points is where it's at, but like, I could yeah, actually I got- see a winning list with Storm with Crow Storm. It could definitely <laughs> think, happen. It's probably not optimal, but I think it that you could win with it. Yeah. Yeah. Just like you would just, people would just scoop to empty the warrens. They would just scoop to this. Sweet deck name, Storm Crow Storm. <laughs> yeah, Crow Storm, Crow Storm, Storm. Wait. <laughs> yes, Storm Crow Storm. Words. Yes, I like that. All right, that's all the spoilers we're to talk about. There are a ton of spoilers, so be sure to check them out on the site. We didn't have time to go over everything. Yeah, but there, there's some cool cards. Very cryptic command over my dead bodies. Old Buzz Bark, Dr. Julius Jumblemorph. So go check him out. Tons of mythics are already out all, already as well. Yeah. Uh, for the sake of time, let's just jump right into fish mail. I know there's like a lot of different topics that we would, but let's just let's just jump right in. All right. If you have your questions, send them to at MTG Goldfish with the hashtag MTG Fish Mail, uh, and we'll get to your questions on air. First question from Admiral Wolf. I run Mind's Dilation, Possibility Storm, and Eye of the Storm in one of my Commander's deck. Is it possible to see any of these cards on Commander Clash? Yes. Haven't we played a bunch of these cards already? Yeah. Yeah. I don't It feels like most of them have probably been played at one point or another. I don't know if we've ever had a Possibility Storm deck, but I'll add that to my list. <laughs> uh, from Drew Forsyth 2, do you guys feel... Uh, the team series has contributed to a lack of diversity we see in the top eight of GPs and Pro Tours. Too many people all deciding to play the same deck. I, d- I do think that has a, a big... It's a big factor. It's Are we talking about factor. like the I mean, team ha- series or just teams in general? No, I just people being on teams. Yeah. I mean, if if you're going to a GP and you're going with a bunch of teammates and you're already locked in to a specific deck, that drastically reduces you know, the variance of seeing anything else, right? So that's probably true, although it's worth mentioning that this was going on long before the actual team series yes. started because you think back to, like, Callblade in 2011 with Team Channel Fireball. So I think this has been happening for a long time, and it's not really the team series, just, like, teams in general. Yeah, it's it's exacerbating it, but it's been going on for a long time. I mean, ever since, like, the Internet was really, like, big, and there's... A fast change of information. Yep. Exchange of information, rather. All right. Magpie Playtime. What mechanic from Unstable do you think is most likely to appear in a legal set? Uh, mm. Mechanic. Yeah. I'm going to go Augment. I think I think we could actually see some sort of, if not exactly the Augment mechanic, a, a combined mechanic like that. I think we, wasn't that like Bestow, or what was the Theros one? You would know it best. Bestow. <laughs> Bestow, I think it right? was bestow. <laughs> Isn't that pretty much bestow? They, yeah, I, I, I think there was an article. I mean, they do. Augments they are do just like auras, these... right? I mean, not even right. Augments like sort of just auras. Yeah. Wasn't there a? There was an article, right? Like these. This is like the test run of like certain mechanics, right? To see if they can actually live in the wild. Yeah. I didn't see that article, but I heard people talking about it, so I yeah. think so. I think Party Crasher could be a thing. 
which is you can attack once each combat during each opponent's turn. So getting to do stuff on other people's turns, I think, could eventually work its way into a real set. Ooh, it's it's not really a new mechanic, but trample on spells could happen. Oh, that yes. seems like it could actually work. Yeah. All right. C Brown Fit. Hey guys, I'm saving money for the release of Iconic Masters. My plan is to buy foils for Commander, like Hellkite, Kokusho, and Thune, and a cheap foils for Burn. Should I buy this weekend or wait two or three weeks? I would wait. Agreed. Yeah, definitely wait. Yeah, we haven't talked about Iconic Masters at all, but <laughs> uh, prices are dropping very, very fast. They are dropping like a rock. Next question. Uh, is it possible to combine the original versions of Bruna and Gisela together? Uh, would this be G- Gisena, Gruna, or Brazilla? So this is uh, when you combine. Can you can you like stitch them together with what's her name? Grusilda. With Grusilda, yeah. Can you stitch them together? And <laughs> yeah. do they stitch the front sides or the back sides together? I think they stitch the front side. Yeah, I think they stitch the front yeah, side, think- but. For flavor purposes, I'll, I'll, I'll let the melt. backsides come together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Next question from Goku23. Are treasure chests predetermined like packs in real life? Or does RNG kick in the moment it's opened? That's part one. Part two is from low-skilled game, Seth. When you open 200 treasure chests, you got Scarab Gods, which were added after the update, but also Battlefield Forge, which should have been removed. Are chest contents predetermined? You may have gotten a mix of old and new ones. Uh, so I believe that the chests are generated when you open them, uh, not when you get them. And I have no idea why I got a Battlefield Forge. I actually know I do know because one of the slots is just a modern legal rare. Uh, you get every single pack. So we probably got the Battlefield Forge as just the modern legal rare in the pack rather than the curated card. I watched that stream opening. Daggers. Daggers. <laughs> oh, it was so painful. <laughs> it was so bad. Taskmaster1995, do you think a functional reprint of Shivan Dragon and Uncommon would be too powerful for a draft format? No. Probably not a master set. I don't know about standard legal. I guess it's probably fine what? at this point. No, That's too good. Shivan, Dra- Shivan Dragon has been outclassed many times. By, by rares, I mean, <laughs> right? But No. No, not even rares. What a, the seven mana like six six hexproof from Amon? I'd rather of uh, Shivan Dragon than that thing. I think it could be an uncommon now. The alligator from Amon. That was so. Yeah, absurd. I guess you're right because it's, like air elementals are typically uncommon. Uh, and Sarah Angels even, have been yeah. uncommon. So six mana. Even Mahamodi Jin is like a uncommon at this point, isn't it? Have we had one uh, in Masters? It is. Yeah. Iconic Masters. All right, next question. Tasty Snackies, in terms of something like the Storm Scale, how would you rate mechanics with added dexterity, like willing test subject from Unstable, having a chance in a future set? I don't think we will ever see cards that... Oh, wait, willing test subject? That's just a die rolling card, right? Uh, I don't know what that does. Hold on. I have no idea. Willing test subject, three mana, two, two, reach. Whenever you roll a four higher on a die, you get a plus one, plus one counter on it. If you uh, can pay six to roll a six-sided die. I don't know if we'll ever have die rolling. I'm confused by the dexterity part. I don't think we'll ever see cards that make you do things physically in a black border set. Like jump up and down or things like that. Yeah, things that like require cards touching other cards or like flipping yeah. cards or stuff like that. I don't think we'll see, but something like just rolling a die to determine the results of something. Although Chaos Orb let's say, and, and Falling Star. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we're ever seeing those ever again. <laughs> no. Don't say but that. I think willing test subject could be blackboarded. Yeah. Next question, Alex Need, Chaz, you're focused on the financial aspect of magic. Do you have thoughts on Palace Sentinels wild ride due to Popper? Think it will stabilize. Should it be more common in treasure chests? Um, I don't. Re- I can't really talk to the MT like the MTGO aspect. I don't really. I'm not really in like focus on MTGO, but um, let me get back to you on like outside of the podcast because I, I i don't have those cards like in front of me oh um i was just gonna say treasure chests kind of have weird rarities so even though pale sentinels is a common the fact that it's really in demand because of popper means it can maintain it's not really a common like you would see in a standard legal set so that's part of the 
what's going on there as far as Moto is concerned. I, I don't normally see a, a ton of demand for popper stuff. Like some of it translates to paper, but like what Seth said, some of the scarcity, you know, bolsters the the prices at least on um, MTGO a little bit more. All right, next question from Control for Days. How do you choose between a brew and a tier one deck to take to a competitive tournament like a GP or PTQ? Uh, play something you're experienced with and enjoy playing. Yep. No, even regardless of whether it's a brew or a tier deck, play what you are you have the most experience with. Yeah, I would say because you're going to be there for a while if you if you do perform well. So uh, if you're not having fun, then why are you sitting there for like eight hours? All right, Heartwood MTG. I'm going to Japan later this year. Any advice for buying and selling cards in English and? Japanese, respectively, while I'm there. I just don't know how much... Like, I, I know there's still a market for it. I just don't know how big or lucrative it is like it was in times past. Like, I, I don't I don't find nearly as many players actively looking for Japanese or Japanese foils as I once did. So I, I don't know. Like, I've, yeah, you could definitely... I would still go for deals over there because... Um, you you can still find like commanders not as popular in, in other regions, so you can score some deals that way. But again, I, I just don't know how much desire there is in terms of looking for foreign foils and stuff like that. I I don't know if people are paying the premiums uh, as you know often. All right, next question: Elmer six five five four. When's the best time to buy Ether Vials? I thought they dropped to 20-ish, but went down to 24, and now are going back up. It's really hard to say. The fact that we have Iconic Masters in big box stores makes me feel like yep. there's going to be a lot of supply out there, and maybe we're not at the bottom yet, but uh, it's really hard to judge for sure. Yeah, I would still continue to wait. Like This happens a lot, especially in Masters releases. People think... The cards, like they, they do drop a little bit, and then they'll see a little bump on like the daily update, um, you know, on the website or something like that, and they'll think it's it's going, it's like increasing again. Um, it's just variance in many of the stores, like just putting the product out there. I I think that's still gonna drop considerably. All right, uh, Mech username: Who has more perfect hair, PVDDR or Reduke? Reed. <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think Reed, Reed Duke, Duke wins. Paulo has pretty normal hair. Uh, all right, wait, Reed Duke or Brian Kibler? Oh, well, Brian. Yeah, it's it's probably Kibler. Is it Kibler? But he's a Hearthstone trader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he is a trader, but he's, <laughs> he's got still good got hair. good hair. Yeah, but, but Reed Duke has, like, hair, the so. understated hair. Like, but I, I didn't I put much effort in question, it, honestly. but it still looks awesome. <laughs> he dresses nicer, too. No offense. All right, he, well, Reed Duke needs to up his marketing campaign with the new playmat. Clearly, that's the difference here. <laughs> yes. Uh, Lol Gold Steel. Why are people afraid of Stoneforge Mystic, Batter Skull, and, or and Batter Skull when Turn Two Thought Not Seer and Eight Eight Death Shadows exist? Two wrongs don't make a right, my friend. <laughs> yes. Uh, there are still powerful things to do, but it's not Stoneforge Mystic, so. And that's, that's I what mean, people are hung up on. And a lot of it is the repeatability. Like, you can still just kill a Thought Knot, kill a Death Shadow. When you have a Stoneforge out and a Batter Skull, it's just two mana Batter Skulls, or five mana Batter Skulls, I guess, because you got to bounce it. But you can just do it over and over and over again. Yeah, and, and every every Stoneforge Mystic still replaces itself later on in the game if it even goes that long. So it's just an overall amazing card. Yeah, plus you have to work to get your Thought like, Not Seer and your 8-8 Death Shadow, yeah. whereas Stoneforge Mystic was two lands and a Stoneforge Mystic. <laughs> yeah, it's like, no, it's just free. Yeah. Next question from Toolbar, Tinfoil Hat. Are we seeing too much, I don't even know what this word is, nepotism ne- in feature matches? Nepotism. Nepotism? Uh, pulling yes. a Seth here. Can someone explain to me what nepotism means? <laughs> nepotism is, is like, your boss is your uncle or your dad and you got hired because of your affiliation with yeah basically yeah. favoring your family over yes. other people for okay. things like feature matches I in see. this case yes. so the the listed things are grand prix portland baumeister 5x burkhart 4x woo zero uh i would say that probably the bigger issue is uh 
Travis Wu's history with Channel Fireball, I could see that yeah. maybe would be keeping him from feature matches, but I don't know about the other ones being too much out of 15 rounds. That's It could just be variants. Is it really nepotism, But it would be interesting though? to know if CFB was, like, keeping... Intentionally not giving Travis Wu feature matches, but I like, have no Are idea. these players friends of Watsy employees, or are they just, like... You know, we always see LSV on camera whenever you can get him there, right? Or we always see Reed Duke. Isn't that just, like, trying to show your famous play- players? That's not really, like... I, I think it's because CFB has all the GPs now, and they are... Yeah. Uh, Baumeister and Burkhardt are associated with CFB, so oh, I think that maybe is what they're referring I to. See. Yeah. Like, favoring CFB players over non-CFB players. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that it, it is... A little bit, but I don't know if it's too much. But I do agree other people that are not affiliated with CFB need to be on the feature match a little bit more. The other problem is CFB has a lot of the best players. So if they're just featuring yeah. like, the top rank players that would naturally <laughs> skew towards yeah. LSVs and EFROs and like people associated with CFB, so I, it's hard to really parse that out. Right. Yep. All right, next question. Kyoji Takenochi... Would you do a Fishbowl Thursday featuring a Commander deck? Oh. Uh, not impossible. Probably not exceedingly likely. I, It's actually kind of challenging to do Commander deck decks because they're so big. But yeah. definitely send it to me if you have a sweet Commander deck and I'll look it over. Alright, also from Kyoji, some of my EDH playgroup always targets me. Common factor is my cards cost a lot. <laughs> build a cheap deck or rebuild decks for Arch Enemy. Uh, build a cheap deck. <laughs> yeah, I I would probably just build some fun janky decks and try not yeah. to get targeted. Yeah, usually if you play scary cards, people will want to kill you immediately. So I yes. I call that the the Jennifer. <laughs> Don't play Jinkataxis. <laughs> Puts a big target on your head. Uh, Viper Johnny B, do you feel that Watsi is coming out with too many products throughout the year? I remember the Manosaurs no. talking about this. You think they're fearful of people forgetting about them. Yes. Yes, of too I, many I products it, or people forgetting it, about them? <laughs> no, of people forgetting about them, yeah. Uh, it's not really about forgetting, but yeah, th- this all comes back into play about being relevant. I mean, the, the, the thing is, and we always talk about this on this podcast too, so I'm, I'm surprised more people don't talk about this, um, is... With, with as many players as we have now, there needs to be multiple products for different players, right? Back then, it was only just, like, expert sets, right? Or whatever they were calling them back then. Um, and we didn't see as many supplemental products as we do now because there was only, like, X amount of players and that was their core base, right? With so many different ways to play the game now and so many different players, you need to be able to have different products for all these different players. So I don't I don't think it's too much because someone like me could totally ignore explorers of Ixalan while Seth or some or Richard that's something that they may like with a, a few friends. So they need to have those options. I think I would say yes, but that it is too much. But I think that's mostly because I feel like three master sets within twelve months is way too much. But that might just be iconic masters and some weird quirk so we'll see if we actually have two master sets next year then i would really start to be concerned because i I think think that's too many master sets the master sets is probably where we hit too much but i think it's just a you know a special case where it was like the 25 20 or whatever anniversary and they just kind of wanted all this stuff to kind of happen at once right yeah and has con so it was just kind of all this, these different things happening at one time. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's too much. Like, I can't keep up, and I'm reading this every day. Like, how is the <laughs> random person on the street supposed to keep up, right? They're not. They're just going to miss things. So I, I think it's I think it's better to have fewer releases and make them bigger as opposed to have so many small releases that no one can keep track of them. And so, like, kind of the too many master set is a problem or, you know, accelerating the launch schedule and things like that. I, I think... It's just too much product. It's it's the holiday time, too. I mean, we went for, like, a good three or four months there, like, in the summer, where we just basically had Hour of Devastation. Like, that was it. Yeah. So we had, like, almost the entire summer of, like, nothing. 
And then Didn't we have they something kinda watered else? No, we I feel uh, like there was something in August. Commander decks. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, just so, in the past while, we've had commander decks. We've had, uh, what do you call it? The dual deck, which I don't remember anymore. Merfolk versus Goblin. Yeah. We have Unstable. We too. have Iconic Masters. We have Explorers of Ixalan. Uh, we have Rivals of Ixalan. We have Magic Arena. We, we have, yeah. like, a lot of stuff. And all of that, again, like, all of that is to stay relevant. I mean... You're gonna do what? Maybe one draft of unstable, and then you're, it's literally out of your mind. I think you're on to I the agree, next thing. I agree to an extent that not every, every product is for everyone, but it is a little weird to have two products releasing around the same time that are for the same people. Like a dual deck and Explorers of Ixalan seem to be like in a very similar, casual, somewhat new player-ish space. So it's a little weird to have that overlap with uh, products that seem to be targeted at the same group. So maybe they could do a little bit better uh, as far as that's concerned. Uh, You have to take this into account, too. Like, we do the podcast every week. Like, would you honestly, if you just go back to just being a player, right? If you weren't, like, creating content on a weekly basis, like, would you even care about Unstable? Like, you could just honestly close your eyes and look your... Look past the rivals. Like, I, I don't even think I would even care about unstable. Well, unstable is one of the few things I do care about. Like, right. do I care <laughs> about from the Vault Transform, which we forgot earlier? Nope. Do I care about Merfolks yeah. versus Goblins? Not sure. really. So, as a player, it's like, all right, one's rivals, and they could literally just tune any, everything else out. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess I, the other, and we probably shouldn't go too long, but I guess the yeah. other question is like, Wizards had finite resources as far as developing and making sets so if making uh, explorers of ixalan for a very narrow small market is taking away resources from making standard as good as it could be then maybe that would be another consideration of possibly being too much obviously we don't know but they do have a finite amount of like man hours and woman hours and resources to do everything they're trying to do yeah i'm just thinking from the perspective of you show up at walmart you need to buy something called Magic the Gathering for your nephew. And there's like a billion products that are vastly different there. <laughs> like, how do you choose, right? Like, well, well, it's it's so hard. Whereas if you just have like one product, have a big display or whatever, it's like much easier. No, I don't right? think that's correct. No? I don't think that's correct. Because then, well, some even some Walmarts, like the Magic, as much as you think there's Magic product out there, there's like still 25% Magic and like, 80% Pokemon. Yep. And there's like tons of different Pokemon stuff and no one seems to care like what they buy. But the Pokemon, Pokemon stuff is all you the same get... except it's just like a different Yeah, it's, it's like know, if you had a different Planeswalker just... pack, right? But... Yes, yes. Uh, it, 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 that is true, but the people still just buy it up. Iconic Masters should not be in Walmart. I will say that. Uh, that I feel like that weird. devalues it devalues what should be Wizards premium brand to have it be a big box product. Was, it, it takes away from what it's intended to be, I think. Yeah, not expecting that at all. All right. Sepic 121. Any chance we get a video of people playing Unstable together? Obviously not on Moto, but does anyone live close enough together to play it in real life? Uh, I don't even think we I are... was close enough even in New York. <laughs> we are so far away from each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And Richard's on the other side of the country no matter where I am. Maybe we can do a Skype game or something. Maybe we can figure this out somehow. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do want to play Unstable. It does seem fun, at least once. Physical Unstable. But I don't... Maybe there's a way to do it. it, I just want to, like, build commander decks. we just have the honor system? (laughs) Unstable constructed? something like that, but... Uh, It would be hard to draft over Skype. Or we could complain and hopefully put it on Moto, but they never will. We... We each open a pack and pick a card and then mail it to the next person, and it takes <laughs> us, like, a year to actually to draft. draft. <laughs> I think we answered this a long time ago, but it's a fun question. Uh, from R. Sassville, the GPs having team constructed next year, would you guys consider going as a team? Who plays Modern? Who plays Legacy? Who plays Energy? Yeah, I mean, Standard. We, we definitely... Yeah, we, put, we answered this, but I think it was Richard's Legacy sets Modern I'm Standard or other way around? I think it's even more so that now, because you're the only one that doesn't actively hate energy. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. you're stuck with it. I, I, could, I, could pl- I could stomach playing energy, so I guess it's that's how it has to be. 
All right, with course that's coming back, how do you feel if that's where Watsi puts masterpieces? Can still be catered to new players, but gives a franchise player something to look forward to. That I yeah, that seems better. Yeah, I that mean, I'm sure we'll have him in Dominaria, but I'm yeah. not against masterpieces. Oh, they're definitely cashing in on Dominaria. Course yeah, that's yeah. Sure. it's it's too easy not to. Yeah, we know we said it was like when we felt. It was worthy. We gave you all a break with Ixalan, but they're back for Dominaria. And you Wait, what's the it. next core set called? 20, M- just core set 2019, course, I think. Oh, yeah. so it's not. So M25 or whatever and Dominaria are not no, the core sets, not. right? Those are just normal expansions. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's 25th Anniversary Masters Edition, too. Yeah. I'm but all confused, guys. Too many products. Too many products. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all our fish mail. Thank you, everyone, for sending them in. If you have questions, send them to the hashtag MDGFishMail on Twitter. All right, gentlemen, uh, we are past time. We answered everything. Uh, I, I know there's a lot to talk about, but we are going to end it here. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening in this week. Uh, we will see you all next time. This is going to be the MTG Girl Fish Crew signing out.